but this movement that is is has swept the nation it's a social contagion very similar to the contagion that i was in of anorexia but mm -hmm. the difference is is that we're affirming the lies that these girls are believing and whether it's on their gender or anything else the lie of the media is you are not enough the way that you are Women are currently being erased in culture, and I want to amplify their voices and share their stories. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of This is a Woman podcast. I cannot believe... We're already at episode 15, so thank you to all of you that have been listening and sharing the podcast. It really means so much. But this week, we have Jennifer Strickland, and Jennifer Strickland and I actually met over social media because she has her own podcast called I Am A Woman Podcast, and she has some amazing episodes out, so go check out those episodes, as well as she is a mother. She is a wife. She is an author. She has her own website um, called You're More, and so we're going to dive into that today on today's episode, as well as she was a model, and she's modeled not just everywhere here in the United States, but she's been in Germany. She's been in France. She has modeled across the world. And now she's sharing her testimony and her story of falling into the social contagion of an eating disorder and how that led to being suicidal, but then led to being saved. And she compares that to the current social contagion we see today with gender identity. So we have some amazing things we're going to talk about today, and I'm so excited for you all to hear from Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. We are so excited to have you on This is a Woman podcast, and I've already given all the listeners a rundown about who you are and all the amazing things you're doing, and so now I would just love for them to hear your testimony from you yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Sophia. I was so excited when I saw that you are doing a, this is a woman podcast, right? And I'm doing I am a woman podcast. So we are definitely soul sisters. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey that has led me to this place. I grew up in the modeling industry and got out of it at around 2020 probably 2022 20, years old. And when I did, I was like at rock bottom. Mm. I had an eating disorder and I had been really manipulated by the media to believe lies about my self-image. So that's how I ended up doing what I do now. <laughs> I love that you didn't just choose to get involved in this and choose to speak out about womanhood and all these issues that you firsthand have experienced. What the There's amazing things about being a woman, but the hard parts about being a woman and the uh -huh. way take in what people have to say about us and sometimes care about, right. yeah, sometimes we care about the outside more than the inside. And so can you kind of share maybe about some of your experiences of when you were modeling and 
kind of how you got yourself out of being at that rock bottom that you hit? So I started modeling when I was like eight years old and it was basically because I was klutzy. <laughs> I was not um, coordinated. And so my mom tried putting me in sports, right? And gymnastics and jazz and tap and softball. And I was not good at any of it. And there was a little modeling class in my town that was doing like a little charm school for girls. Mm -hmm. And she thought, okay, well, this will help my daughter with her self-image and it'll help her to stand up straight. And I was obviously going to be tall and I was hiding my height. And so that's how I first got involved. And then at 15 years old, I did my first TV commercial and I started, I lived in California. I lived in San Diego and I started going up to Los Angeles and competing with all of the other girls and seeing, you know, thousands and thousands of girls, you know, trying out for like a Pop-Tart commercial or, commercial or like a Jordache campaign. And, and I started doing that and it's just, the business is completely external. And obviously, you know, and I knew, and I knew that, um, but I think over time it just began to eat away at me because mm -hmm. I was always looking at the other girl and trying to figure out, well, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, why did they narrow it down to two girls and she got the job and I didn't? Or later on, I moved to Europe at 17 years old. As soon as I got out of uh, high school, I signed a modeling contract with Ford Models Los Angeles and Ford New York, and I went I went over there and worked in Europe. I worked in Paris and Greece and Australia and all over the United States, Miami, uh, Paris. I can't remember what I just said. Paris, Athens, all the Munich, Germany, a bunch of different cities around the world, and I found that the girls were actually sick for affirmation that's that was the main thing that i saw and that i ended up experiencing even when i graduated from college you know i was living with vogue cover models and i myself was in you know doing the runway for giorgio armani over in europe i starved myself to do the runway i absolutely had to become anorexic in order to do the runway and i was really an unusual girl because i went to college and everybody else quit you know mm -hmm. for modeling because you have to be young but I had an academic scholarship. I always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to get into broadcasting. And uh, and I wrote down, like, all the experiences that I had just living with girls with wicked bulimia, anorexia, crazy diets. And the entire thing was how can I measure up to the image the media is giving me right now and you know back when i was modeling anorexia was the social contagion of our day and i didn't think i would ever succumb to that but i had to because in order to be successful on the runway i had to starve myself and so it was shortly after i started doing the Giorgio armani -ish shows that i became uh, really suicidal. I was using, you know, drugs and alcohol. I had also been exploited in the modeling industry. 
uh, over and over again. There were, you know, both. It, what's crazy is that it was both men and women mm-hmm. in the modeling industry that treated the girls like we were just, you know, props. And the word for model is les mannequins. And in French, you know, when you're in Paris, you're les mannequins. That's what you are, is a mannequin. And over time, I I felt like, (laughs) Sophia, like I had a voice. You know, I knew that I I had value. And that it wasn't, you know, if you can get these lip injections or other girls were getting breast implants or people were saying, you know, you need to lose weight here or you need to gain weight or whatever it is. And no matter what I did externally, it didn't change sort of that hole that was in my heart Mm -hmm. that really needed to be dealt with. And by the time I left the business, my self-image was so destroyed. And people would think, well, that's ridiculous. Like you're in the modeling industry. Like how, how can that be? But even though I was a busy working model and in a way I was, you know, I was not a household name, but I was successful in the sense that I was in magazines and TV commercials and music videos and all of that on a regular basis. But you cannot get your identity from something that's always changing Mm. and your body is always changing and your appearance is always changing, right? If we, if we look at a woman who is, you know, 80 years old, her her appearance changed her entire life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was getting my identity from something that was so, um, you know, so fleeting. And I had no idea that that was causing the depression. And I also got into a little bit of self-harm and suicidal thoughts and, and, and all of these things. I was reading vampire novels. Like I became very dark mm-hmm. and I also became very sick. Uh, my hair started falling out, uh, dark circles under my eyes. And it was really about pleasing man, you know, mm-hmm. pleasing what people said I was supposed to look like and be like, or it was about pleasing the mirror and it was about pleasing the media. And so when I, when I was at a really difficult place, there were some people over in Europe that reached out to me and actually invited me to go to church is what happened. There were some people who were handing out Bibles in a park in Germany. And it was right out after I had, um, a, a, I was having terrible nightmares and dreams and thinking of, of any my life. I mean, I started out to be a very bright, <laughs> young, joyful girl. But the lies of the media really infected my mind. And so I ended up going to church with these people. I didn't, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't come from a Christian family. They're, my parents are Christians now, but they weren't then. And we didn't, we didn't go to church. Hmm. I didn't know anything about, about Jesus. I didn't know anything about God. And these amazing, super patient, loving, kind people looked beyond the suffering girl on the exterior. They could see that I was suffering. I was skin and bones. My skin was breaking out. 
you know, which is a death sentence for a model, but the hormonal changes in my body from the anorexia were really showing up on my face. And they looked in my soul. They looked into my eyes and they saw that I was lost and that I needed help. Whereas in the modeling industry, everything is outside in. Mm -hmm. Let's fix the makeup. Let's give her some antibiotics for those pimples, right? Let, mm -hmm. let's, let's get her some sun. Let's get her a, um, a you know, a, a tan, right? Or whatever. And so because of that, nothing worked. I mean, none of that stuff works. Nothing that, nothing that goes outside in ever works to heal the human heart. Which I think that is such a hard thing for women and girls to grasp nowadays, especially with social media, with Instagram and TikTok and all of that. You are constantly... First of all, you're seeing yourself with all these different filters on that completely distort your face and like they make your nose look smaller, your face look skinnier, all these different things. So you're not even putting out there who you really are. You're seeing that very common with like 13 year old girls. And then they're putting these pictures out, hoping to get tons of likes and comments and telling everyone telling them how beautiful they are. And right. when they don't get that, you see them sometimes take down the post. Or they sure. don't feel affirmed. And it's so heartbreaking that nowadays, I mean, we all do it. We all want to be affirmed by how we look and how our hair looks and our sure. outside. But we've lost fact about or we've lost sight about the importance of the inside. And it sounds like that's something you really went through and walked through that of, someone had to come into your life and step into your life and pour into your soul and not just your outside, your external side. Absolutely. And looking back, I think I did have body dysmorphia because mm -hmm. even when I was at my lowest weight, I mean, my thighs were <laughs> the width of my forearms now mm -hmm. when I was doing the Armani shows. Um, but I couldn't see I could not see mm -hmm. that nothing I did on the outward was ever going to heal that little girl on the inside that was just looking for affirmation. And the interesting thing is back then, we did not affirm lies that girls believed about their bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, my first book, Girl Perfect, I talk about my eating disorder. I talk about um, body image. I help girls understand now that, you know, your body is sacred mm -hmm. and it's connected to the soul. <laughs> it is connected to the soul. What happens to the body happens in the soul, which is why when a girl is raped or sexually abused, there is a, there is a soul hunger mm -hmm. to be healed. And so in the beginning, when I began teaching on body image and self-image and, and beauty and helping girls find their gifts and their talents, because the thing is, your gifts and talents will grow stronger with time, mm -hmm. right? But your outward appearance is always going to change, always. So, you know, I'm 51 years old now. I left the modeling industry, I don't know what it was, 25, 30 years ago. But back then, the lies that the girls believed were the same. Mm 
I am only as good as what other people do to affirm me as good. And so when, <laughs> when this movement came out, I had been teaching body image and, you know, healthy sexuality, healthy self-image for like 15 years. And I'm in ministry, you know, I usually, I teach girls to try to look at them, see themselves through God's eyes, or I'll speak at public schools, women's prisons. I do a lot of that. The lies they believe are the same. I get who I am from the man or the woman standing in front of me. I get who I am from my body or the use of my sexuality, or I get who I am for how I compare to the images of the media or I get who, or, or the expectations of the media, whether it's your morning routine or it's your appearance, right? Or I get who I am from the way that I look in the mirror. And all of those are false sources of identity. You know, as Jordan Peterson says, identity is fixed. Mm -hmm. A healthy identity is fixed. I am a daughter of God. I am a child of God. Okay, right there. That doesn't change. Somebody can bully me. They can cancel me on social media, which they're trying to do now. My gosh, they're making my life difficult. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I can be rejected. A woman could go through a divorce. It doesn't matter. She's still a child of God. She's still mm -hmm. a daughter of God. Her body is still sacred. Her body is still holy. That becomes a fixed identity. But this movement that is, is, has swept the nation, it's a social contagion very similar to the contagion that I was in of anorexia. But the difference is, is that we're affirming the lies that these girls are believing. And whether it's on their gender or anything else, the lie of the media is you are not enough the way that you are that you have to change something about yourself to get to beautiful or to be powerful or to be enough, whether it's the way that you organize your pantry or the filter that you put on or you change your gender. It's the same exact lie. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, you know, as this is, as I have watched this develop and studied it super closely, just having been, you know, someone who's written so much on, on uh, books on body image and so forth. I have found it unbelievable almost that Christian women who have been writing books and Bible studies forever or pastors or teachers, leading women who I've looked up to for so many years are saying nothing. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know why? Because they also are held captive by the lie of affirmation. Mm -hmm. I need people to affirm me for me to be good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to speak out on things that are controversial. And meantime, and in the meantime, we have the Leah Thomases of the world, right? We have the whole mm -hmm. situation with the sports. We have the situation with the bathrooms. But we also have gender mutilation, Mm -hmm. genital genital mutilation going on in our country and I don't understand 
how anyone who is a spokesperson for young people cannot be on the front lines of this movement. And so that's where I am. That's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you, you touched on if you were – like a spokesperson, if you were on the front lines of ministry and talking to women and young girls and you're not touching on this, like that's a problem. And that's kind of why we get to where we're at. And even the connection you made when you, when there was the social contagion going on with girls being anorexic, when girls were skin and bones, their parents weren't telling them, you're right, you are fat, keep not eating. No, you have to have someone in your life to get you that help you need to get you in the right programs, to get you eating the right food, to get you out of that. But you're right. Now what we're seeing today is when these little girls are saying, well, I don't know, maybe I'm not a girl. I don't feel comfortable in my body, all these things. The first answer that we're seeing across the nation, across the world is you're right. You must be a boy. Or let's let's stop your natural body process of puberty. Let's pause that for a little bit and wait for you to figure that out, which – I think it's so interesting because I think we've seen this social contagion of the whole trans ideology blow up, especially just the past three, four, five years. I mean, it's been going on a little bit longer, but that's it's really blown up recently. But I would say five years ago, we saw a lot of things on social media being talked about about fertility rates decreasing. And you would start seeing, okay, well, these are the best things as a woman to eat, to balance your hormones and help with your fertility. And this is the best workouts to do. And these are all the best things. Right. So your hormones can be balanced so you can have great fertility and have um, children. And now, like you said, we're seeing this mutilation. We are now seeing girls having their breasts removed. We are seeing them put on hormone blockers. All these things that they're doing at 12 years old, not even realizing that they now most likely won't be able to have children one day. And these things that they're doing are irreversible. And so it's quickly changed from how can we best take care of ourselves and balance our hormones to all of a sudden cutting off the hormones of young girls. And I just love that you're touching on this and able to use your story and connect it to what's going on because – you're right. There's not enough women, honestly, talking about this and bringing light to this. Like any woman mm-hmm. that has any kind of platform needs to bring awareness to this because one, we're being erased. Two, our bodies are being harmed. Three, we're letting girls live in this lie. And it absolutely just breaks my heart. Yeah. But I, I do want to dive into you were saying that these people came into your life and poured into your soul. And that's what helped get you out of that. And so can you kind of explain that process? Because I think that's the same process current girls need today, whether they're dealing with eating disorders or whether they're confused on their gender and identity. Absolutely. Well, the number one thing is you have to actually have your eyes peeled for people who are hurting. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on my story, uh, we just did a new release of my of my book, Girl Perfect, that or we're getting ready to release it again. And so I had to reread it again, you know, my story. And I was thinking, what is this really about? It's about reaching out and, and opening your eyes to people who are hurting. You know, I was sitting in a park <laughs> 
the day after I considered wanting to end my life. Uh, and some people in the park were, they were playing guitars and they were handing out Bibles in the park and they, they gave me one and they started talking to me in German. I didn't even speak German. <laughs> I didn't speak German. I didn't speak a word of their language, but they saw somebody who was hurting and they stopped and they spoke to me and we figured out a way to communicate and they realized that I was alone in Europe and they invited me to come to dinner with them and they got me an English translator at the church. Mm -hmm. um, I'd been there like three times and they're like, maybe we need to get somebody who can translate for you. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I love this place. Like yeah. people are all shapes and sizes. Children are singing. There's joy here. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in the the like upper echelon life of George Armani's fashion mm -hmm. parades, and I saw the hunger mm -hmm. and the loneliness. I saw the way girls were accepted and rejected just on a dime. I saw them cry their eyes out. I saw them starve themselves. And this is the other thing I wanted to say about it's not just what parents and people like that are saying. You know, the girls in the modeling in the modeling world, we egged each other on. Mm. Yeah. So there and there was websites and all kinds of things where girls taught each other how to be anorexic, how to lose weight, how, what diet pills to take. They, we challenged each other. And so it became a breeding ground for eating disorders. And the, and people denied in the business and the parents even denied that it was really happening because they were so enthralled with the image of it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, like I said, those people reached out to me. They got me an English Bible. I began reading it for the first time. And I began to realize, oh, so many things. Um, Jesus can heal you, number one, that he has the power to heal any broken heart, any broken spirit, um, that he loved and cared for women. You'll never see a single example in which he forced a woman to submit to anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in every case, he lifted them from a place of shame to a place of honor. And the word, the Bible for me personally became like my food. Um, in fact, I actually went and fasted, which people say you shouldn't do that with an eating disorder, but I'm not the only one who's healed that way. Um, I went and fasted and read the New Testament for the first time and just got away from the business and got away from all the voices around me. And um, he healed me and delivered me and during that fast and gave me eyes to see. And... Hmm. I, and I later on went on to study brainwashing mm. and mind control and how it works. And so I, I come to this 
issue of what's happening in the world with a sort of unique perspective. Because I was in a social contagion, I was brainwashed completely to believe that I was not enough the way that I was. Um, and I learned how thought reform works and I learned how girls end up turning on themselves. And so I'm concerned. But I think that not only do the women need to be speaking, the men need mm -hmm. to be giving the women the microphone. And I don't think it's helpful in churches all across America that women never speak to the congregation about the things that are on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And many, many of them. And so, you know, I've had an opportunity to speak all over the place. You're using your voice to speak into the family. The women need to have a voice. We understand what it is to turn against our own bodies mm -hmm. and to hate what we see in the mirror. Jesus really is the answer. <laughs> but the other part of the answer is truly just caring Mm -hmm. about these kids and creating an environment where these kids can just be known and tell their stories without judgment. And, you know, I think that's kind of where the church culture has got kind of gotten it wrong when it comes to the LGBT movement is somehow the church has gotten a reputation for thinking that one sin is greater than the other. Yeah. And when I was that girl, nobody was calling me out on my sexuality or my choices or they were just wanting to know me mm -hmm. and they were wanting to know what was in my heart and they were kind to me. And it was the kindness of those people who took the time to look into the eyes of a depressed hurting girl that really changed my life and i think that we need to be doing that yes we need to be speaking on a national scale we need to be speaking in schools and churches all over this country and we need to put a stop to this madness a hundred percent but that also happens one daughter at a time and one son at a time. And it's going to take a lot of listening and a lot of loving for these kids to really understand that we know the one thing that's really going to fill them and really going to heal them is that a, a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I love how you touched in, like, it is going to take one daughter and one son at a time because all these kids that are struggling, they can go sit in a room and hear someone speak to thousands of people and they're just one of the thousands in the room. And they're, they right. might feel a little bit like, yeah, that, that relates to me. But like you said, we need to listen to them. They want someone that can come into their life individually and see them as an individual and hear from them and be able to share to this person about what they're struggling with and what they're going through. And and then, yeah. like you said, it all goes back to God. I think right now we're seeing from 
eating disorders, the social contagion of that to now the social contagion that we're seeing of the trans ideology is that every, every generation, every day, every time there's a social contagion, people are just looking for who am I really? Who am I? And how can I be affirmed? And that just goes back to God of, like you said, you are a daughter of Christ. You are a son of Christ. You are made perfectly in his image. And I think there needs to be a better job, especially at the church and in Christian households of parents Mm -hmm. talking to their children and pastors, whether they're in the junior high service or the high school service, just really drilling into these children that you are made perfectly and Mm -hmm. God loves you no matter what, no matter Mm -hmm. the sin and that you are, again, you're made perfectly in his image. And so once you start really taking that in of no matter what I look like, no matter what other people think of me, my creator loves me and I'm made in his image. That's such a powerful thing. There's, those are just so easy one, two liners, but children don't hear them enough. Young girls don't hear them enough. And that's what's leading to, well, if I do this, maybe I'll be a little bit more perfect. Or if I look like this, maybe I'll be loved a little bit more. And that's just not true. And like you said, I think the church fails in talking about that all the time, as well as you're right. I think, especially from girls, they need to hear from older women about like who you are. And because a man can sit up there all day and tell us, you're a daughter of Christ and you're perfect no matter what, but no man, yeah. and I know men go through their own things, but no man will ever understand what it's like to be a 14 year old girl in the midst of puberty. And when all the 14 year olds around you look very different and have very, uh-huh. just going through those changes, no girl enjoys that time. No girl uh-huh. likes the way they look or anything like that. And a man just can't relate to that. And I think men need to step up in this space as well, but we need to make sure women have the voice to share about that to young girls. And I love that you're doing that and that you're touching on that and fighting for that opportunity to have that voice to share with these girls. It's very, I did so encouraging and I'm like, I love being able to see everything you're doing with that. Thank you. And I'm, I'm so proud of you too. And I, this is our time, you know, mm-hmm. I think for many years we would go to women's retreats and hear like such a time as this, you know, the Esther generation and all of this, and we've heard it, but it is, it is now, mm-hmm. it is now. And the way that this movement is going to turn around is by an understanding of the beauty and the power of biblical gender. Mm-hmm. Biblical gender is so powerful. Um, women's voice in Hebrew means uh, voice of fire. That's mm-hmm. that's the name woman in Hebrew means voice of fire. Um, we have a voice right now that can purify this movement. But I think that the more women who do have an opportunity to speak, Uh, And to knock on the doors and say, hey, pastor, like, let's address what's going on. You know, let's let's address it. Let's address it because the Bible actually has the answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is so many answers about body image and your body being holy and this concept that it's going to be healed out outside in. There is no hormone. 
there are certainly no puberty blocker. They're messing with kids' brains when they put them on these puberty blockers, cutting off a, you know, a young woman's breast, all of this. All of that is the ultimate of self-harm. Mm-hmm. That it, it starts with, I'm going to cut myself here, or I'm going to cut myself here, but it ends with now adults are going to participate in this life. And, it, and honestly, you cannot reason with someone who's believing a lie at all. You can tell someone all day long, you're beautiful, you're made in God's image. If they're believing a lie, they're not going to hear that. Instead, you have to help them uh, understand the lie that they are believing and identify the lie that they are believing first. Do you really believe that if other people affirm you, that makes you good? Do you need their likes? You know, do you need that perfect picture to feel better about yourself? Once a girl understands I'm believing a lie, my body Mm -hmm. is actually never going to be enough. It's always going to change. It's going to waste away. And I might as well just be the best I can be in the skin that I'm in. And if we can encourage them, they don't have to believe in God for that. You have gifts and talents. You have abilities on the inside of you. And Satan wants us to be focused on the outside, on the image. And the more, this other thing the Bible says is that when you're scrolling, you're looking at images. It says the more that you look at images of man, the more your heart's going to be filled with darkness. Hmm. That's from Romans. So you have to teach them to turn away from the images of man and turn and look to God for their value. Because the more you look to him, those that look to him are radiant. So it's the opposite. (laughs) It's the opposite. But But it takes, oh my goodness, it takes so much love and so much care Mm -hmm. for each girl. And it takes you doing what you're doing and me doing what I'm doing and pastor stepping up into the plate and say, you know, this Sunday, we're going to hear from a woman Mm -hmm. who has been suffering under a social contagion, who knows what this feels like, who was brainwashed by the media and who broke through with the power of Jesus. So we're going to give those women a voice and they're finding, they're finding their voice. If they don't get it behind the pulpit at church, look at it on social media because mm-hmm. God is moving his daughters right now. Cause this is happening on our watch and it's our responsibility to be a voice of truth for these young ladies and to protect them from something that could bring them so much harm. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of want to wrap up with, for I have again I have a lot of young girls that listen to this I've called okay. girls but I also have a lot of moms that listen to sure. this that have younger daughters and you know their daughters are constantly being fed the lies that they're not perfect in their body and all these different things and it's not about the internal mm-hmm. but it's about the external whether it's from social media or their classmates or their professors they're being mm-hmm. fed those lies and What advice could you give to the mom that's looking for the best way to talk to her daughter about this and let her daughter know that she's made perfect in her in the image of God? And do you have some great I know you have your books, but do you have like a specific book you want to mention for that or great resources or just what's your advice to the mom right now? (laughs) 
Um, well, the number one thing that I would encourage is to have judgment-free, vulnerable conversations with your daughter. It, it, anything that is harming her self-image, she can quit. And I think this is one of the things that was so difficult for my mom and for me because I built this life in the modeling industry and I was afraid to tell the truth of how I was really feeling because everyone really was like obsessed with the image of it, including me. We all thought it was so exciting, right? She's in Vogue, she's in this, and she's on MTV's House of Style. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's not the greatest thing ever. I don't care if it's drama, it's sports. You've got to pull them out of a school, a club, a friend group, whatever environment that is affirming the lies that they are believing about themselves they have to leave that environment. I had to leave the business. There's other girls that can go into the modeling industry as a Christian. But by the time I got to the end of it, it was destroying me. And so my book, Girl Perfect, um, the Girl Perfect book, this is Confessions of a Former Runway Model. This book tells the story of what it was like behind the scenes. And it's also like a really good conversation starter with these girls because it's such a page turner about the whole exciting life behind the scenes and then what it really looked like when the veil came off. And it's a really good way to talk to them about their image, their body, what, how they define success how they define fulfillment. Um, and then the Girl Perfect Study Guide is the Bible study. And we're just re-releasing -re this now, actually, for Social Media Generation. I updated it with references to social media for girls. And if you could do a group, <laughs> a group of girls that is like the Get Real Girlfriends group, like we're just going to get honest. There's going to be no judgment. Doesn't matter what you're struggling with. Moms don't act shocked. Don't act shocked. If they want to change their gender, they want to change their hair, or they want to get a tattoo, or they've done some things that they normally would never tell their moms. You can't act shocked. <laughs> you need to realize that we were all struggling at, at one time. So I really recommend the Girl Perfect journey for girls. It's got videos and all of that that are on my website. And then I just wanted to mention this too. I have my book, Beautiful Lies, is in Spanish. Uh, Mentiras Atractivas, we just sent this over to Chile to like thousands and thousands of girls because the social contagion going on over there is eating disorders and body image. Mm. So they haven't been hit with the same movement, but this is all body image stuff at the very, um, at the very core of it. And then for my, for a women's book for deeper identity in Christ is the same, but in English is beautiful lies. And then I also wrote a book, More Beautiful Than You Know, that teaches teen girls their identity in Christ and has like 30 days of devotions in the back. But all of my work basically shows girls what the Bible says about their bodies, their identity, their sexuality. And I'm writing a new one now on biblical gender. So somebody pray for me. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. And I yeah. I love that you have these books because I know when I was younger, that's like my mom got different books and that's kind of how we walked through together reading about puberty and body changing and all those things. Right. 
But now what we're seeing is it's hard to find a book that talks about the truth, it, that you right. can't change your puberty and that talks about the truth of these things girls go through. So I love that you have like the study study guide and then devotions uh-huh. in it. And I think that's a great idea. If you are a mom listening to this right now, I'll put the information in the caption and all that, but go get that book and make it. That's like your book for you and your daughter to read through together because I think that's a powerful thing when it's not just your mom or a mom telling their daughter something, but when there's that third, that outside piece, when it's that book where it's, no, see, it's not just me saying this, it's other people say this, you know, I just think that's really powerful for daughters to, you know, I think when girls are younger, they don't always love to listen to their mom and everything she has to say. So when there's the outside piece, when there's that book coming in, Uh I think it makes such an impact. And with that, I always like to end it with if there's any last thing that you want to touch on or say or share that you felt we didn't get to touch on yet. You know, I would just encourage, especially if you're a young woman out there, I really, and moms as well, but just specifically to the young women, talk about your struggles. You know, Mm -hmm. use your voice. Use your voice. I think that was the biggest thing I was afraid to do that if I said out loud how I was really feeling, then I was going to be ashamed or I would have to leave the business or I, I don't know why I was so afraid to say, this is what's going on behind the scenes and this is not healthy and it's not good for me. And so I would just encourage girls to use your voice, use your voice with a trusted mentor And then also use your voice in your school environment. Don't affirm the lies that people are believing. Stand up, stand up for biblical gender. Say, no, I'm not, I'm not going into that restroom at my school. (laughs) I mean, I had girls at an event come and tell me they were putting litter boxes, literally litter boxes in their schools. And I told the girls, take the litter box, walk it down to the principal's office and leave it at the door. Like (laughs) do not comply. Do not comply. Um, And the the more the opposition comes when people say, you can't say that, you can't do that, you're you're probably on the right track uh, to Mm -hmm. use your voice to speak truth into the hurting generation. And so I'm just so proud of you, Sophia. Like, I love what you're doing. I'm behind you 100%. I love that we're like neck and neck with our woman podcast. So we want to support support one another and you keep up the good fight, sister. You, you're on the right track. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. And like I mentioned earlier, but just a reminder for all those listening, go check out Jennifer's podcast, I Am A Woman podcast and her website and all that. I will have it all linked below, but check it out. I mean, I'm like constantly looking at your stuff to just get like inspired and motivated and hear from someone that's speaking truth. That's what girls need nowadays. And so... Thanks so much, Jennifer, for being on today, and I am so grateful for everything you're doing. Thanks so much. I am so grateful for you, too, and we're going to run this race together. Thanks a lot.